Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Uh, I'm sick. Jackson is on his phone. He's having some technical difficulties. Nick's here with the $1,000 setup, so his sound quality is going to be great. So bear with us today, guys. And how are you boys doing? Jackson, you go first. Pissed off at my freaking internet or maybe my tenant messed with it or I'm not sure, but it's probably it's probably not my fault. I know that. Nothing's my fault. Um, so, but can you guys hear me at all? Like, do I sound like a, a, a tin man? It just sounds like you're holding your nose. Okay, cool. Well, I was doing that, so that's fine. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, all good. Uh, it sucks that Garrett's sick because probably got it in, you think you got it in Cabo or what? I don't know. Um, like Saturday I started feeling just a little shitty, but it's just a head cold. So I've still been training. I did whatever four hours yesterday on the bike and i still did my hard run today and swim and stuff so <laughs> that is like quintessential triathlete like uh i think i was pretty sick had a fever of like 99 <laughs> or maybe 100 and said fuck it just went for a ride and i think i swam 4k still so i, I guess i feel all right i'm sick <laughs> you probably had the same thing i had a couple weeks ago sounds like the same thing i didn't have because i couldn't breathe could you breathe yeah, I can breathe. It's not my lungs. It's just like a stuffed up nose and a headache here and there. Sounds well, like you know Nick, I'm going to give you a lesson in, in virology here. The symptoms don't actually come from the virus. They come from what your body does to try to get rid of it. I know. So everyone everyone gets hit different. Fucking body might be like, oh, I'm just going to stop breathing. That sounds good. Yeah, my lungs get real fragile when I get a little bit of a anything. So got me. But Adam, um, our head of growth and development here at RTF, he was he got bitch slapped with something hard last week. He was down for six days. He said he was he was on a feeding tube of Oreos and all kinds of candy. He was craving sweets, and then he all of a sudden hated food. And then he was tired, and then he was real excited. So it was like a mood swing flu. Uh, do you think it was COVID or RSV? RSV is going around right now. There's like children's hospitals are just like packed what's rsv some respiratory thing it's um, not COVID, so nobody cares about it yeah i yeah. don't think it exists and it's not COVID. it's, it's all- like the inverse <laughs> of covid it it affects kids quite a bit but adults it's like a cold and then covid's the opposite we need to start referring to covid sicknesses in the month that you get it because it's always a different covid you know it's like oh, i got january covid yeah it's a terrible one that's actually a really good idea yeah march covid not that bad just had some ibs life goes on it's like it started out not bad then it started getting worse and then it started really not getting bad <laughs> and now it's like a cold but yeah everyone's getting sick most athletes i coach have been sick in the last two weeks um so yeah if you've been sick then you're just part of the population and just spreading it around and i had probably it and jackson we've just got it all the way to you but you know what getting sick you know fall winter that's a good time 
to take an off season, right? Are we going to talk about Cabo first? Or are we going to go right into the old? Talk about Cabo, mainly because it was Garrick's first race really back, and it was for mom. So that's stellar. I got to hear about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess Cabo happened. So that was my first race, first race back. Um, it was good. I mean, you know, going into it, I don't think I had any expectations besides I just wanted to finish because my mom, so those who have been listening to the podcast know my mom passed away September 15th. And my mom loved Mexico for some reason, even though, you know, it's Mexico. And, but she grew up in Mexico going down there in the, in the winters and stuff. So she loved it. And uh, she really wanted to see me get back to racing. And I thought like, what, there's no better way to honor my mom than to go to Mexico and finish a damn race. Cause it's been 15 months. Right. Um, so really had no business racing that race uh, in terms of like where my training was at, but I figured, you know, let's do it. Let's get across the finish line. We had a good swim. Uh, yeah. So the swim actually, Jack and I took two completely different things from it. Uh, Jack was like, that was like the easiest lead pack in the world. And I, I had gotten dropped and Ben Deal pulled me back up into that lead pack. <laughs> it was like, I was like fighting it. Um, and then the bike, I just rode my own race. I got dropped by everybody. Um, pack kept going by me and I'd be like, oh, I'll just jump in here and 3.30 watts 320 watts oh i'm off the back <laughs> but you beat ben deal yeah he dnf though he got, <laughs> he got a flat uh but then the uh, run like the run man there's actually a video someone caught a video uh i sent it to um rts but instagram but someone caught a video of me running out of transition and my glute like cramped up like it, it wasn't like a hard cramp like it was, seat, it was like a charlie horse in 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 my left glute and i'm like limping out of transition like there's something stuck up my butt and someone <laughs> caught a video of it and so most of the run probably like three quarters of the run it was just like controlling that and it was i was walking every second aid station just to because you like, scream i'm gonna walk something walk. bit me yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you know finished her up and uh really wasn't competitive um and like as a pro, it's hard to go into a race and not be competitive because, you know, that's why you train is to be competitive. That's why you have your pro card is to be up there and compete. But anyways, we got through it. So we're just going to keep building. And uh, but Jack had a, a different Jack was off the front. And uh, who's that? Race was kind of the opposite, really. For a little who's that there. fucking Swiss guy who like came out of nowhere. Previously, he'd run his best ever times like two I mean, 118s, all of a sudden runs a 109. Who is this guy? Road past Jackson. Can't oh, yeah. Be- I actually, Englehart, I have a story for him. We raced in Virginia, and uh, last that was last year, right, Jack? For yeah. Rev 3, Williamsburg. I remember and that this guy. guy on the circuit. So, yeah, I had just missed the lead pack. Him and I just missed the lead pack on the bike, to, like coming out of the swim. And this guy didn't draft me. But he sat behind me, probably like 20, at least 20 meters, maybe like 25 meters behind me the entire ride. It would not come through and do any help. But like, yeah, he, he probably was a lot in a year. He was behind probably 20 to 40 meters behind me the whole ride at race. 
And I was like, who is this guy? And then he ran, ended up running pretty quick. But, yeah, that's how I know who he is. He's always well, been a good runner. Something. He ran a 240-something in a full. Um, I yeah, saw yeah, that. I knew, I knew on the result, like, I knew looking in before the race, I thought he could be pretty good. That Mexican dude who does well in some races uh, that end up getting second could be pretty good, and Trevor Foley could be pretty good. I mean, the Mexican guy got there. Um, and they all did really well. So, but no, I, yeah, I had a pretty, really good, solid swim. The first like 20K of the bike, I felt unreal, like super strong. And I honestly, like felt really strong. I honestly felt really strong the whole bike, but my back just was just really locked up like early on. Like I could feel it at like 12K into the bike um so that was tough and then the last like 20k was like i could barely even ride air or push any power because it was just holding me back so i've really got to figure that out with how to i think my something's got to be off of my position for my back to be that bad um so that's going to be a big time off-season project but yeah so i got passed towards the end of the bike but i thought ah, i still have a chance to win i was getting some like abdominal cramps because i screwed up my nutrition again like an idiot like i did at canadian champs which was my own fault i took too much sodium which was stupid but anyways uh, i so i was starting to get some stitches but usually i can work through that and then right at the end of the bike that sketchy ass ramp i got a flat um i didn't know you got a flat yeah i got a flat but it was like i don't know one minute from the end of the bike so i rode the flat so it probably cost me like 20 seconds Okay. Maybe 30. It was like I had to run up this, I had to ride up this hill really slow and stuff, but it, it wasn't that much time. So I still got off in second and then I was just running pretty bad. Like the stitch was kind of slowing me down, but also I just felt kind of tank was a bit empty on that run. So even if you know I didn't screw the nutrition up and I didn't, you know, screw up get get that flat or whatever, I don't know if I would have been on the podium or it would have been close. So fourth was okay. But I mean, how many times have you seen in Mexico three guys run like under 114 and one guy under 110? Like, just doesn't the level's just gone crazy. Trevor Foley, that kid is like so talented, is ridiculous. Like he's so raw. That was his first race ever outside USA. First time ever going to race by himself. He's like 23. He like and he runs 109. Like the guy's, you know, legit. So um and he always does really well in, in like races where there aren't huge packs because he's not a strong swimmer. So he can just ride and run his way. Oh, man. He's great on the bike at chatty, man. He did a lot of work. I mean, he just stuck himself out there and didn't come off. Like I was so impressed. And then he ran, I think really well up to you guys almost. Yeah. He did run his way back into it a bit in chatty for sure. But anyway, yeah. Fourth was what it was, but the best part about the trip was the next day and we went out and, went on a boat and saw some whales and went swimming and it was a freaking good old time sailboat That's awesome. almost got, almost got uh, capsized. What? Yeah. We pretty much almost fell off the side of the boat. Like it was at like a 45 degree angle. Um, yeah. You must have some great wind. It was really windy. That's awesome. Yeah. It was cause we got to actually sail it. Right. Well, we didn't sail, but we were on it while it was. Who, got, who hooked that up? We just booked it. I, I just found it at the hotel. They had like a bunch of tours there. And I was oh, just like, sweet. oh, that's six people. I couldn't tell if you like knew somebody who brought somebody, did somebody. Well, there weren't, none of the other boats were sailing. Like zero other sails were up, but this one dude 
like was bugging the crap out of the captain to put the put the sails up because he loved sailing and used to be a sailor. And then he's like, I'll give you a good tip if you put the sails up. And then so, within like 10 minutes of that, we started sailing. Yeah. <laughs> but this yeah. guy that came on, like, he like he like ditched his wife and everyone. He came on this tour just because it's supposed to sail. And he was like there alone. And it was, yeah, it was pretty funny. He wouldn't shut up wanting to sail. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. Uh, but like Cabo, Los Cabos is a race, like 70.3. It's pretty cool. You like, like the run takes part in the hotel district. Yeah. So when you finish, you literally just walk back to your hotel. And there's tons of Airbnbs around there too that you can just walk back to. Yeah. I would say it's my favorite Mexico race that I've done. Um, as and far the as weather, stuff, yeah. like sketchy stuff wise, that ramp's kind of nuts. Um, but you just, you know, if you actually go slow on like what I did, then you'd be fine. Um, you like it better than Cozumel? What's that? You like it better than Cozumel? I hate Cozumel. Freaking thing. Oh. All right. So fun on that stupid bike course. It's just a draft fest. This course is a legit bike course. It's pretty hard. Yeah, wow. even though they had it labeled on the website as flat until the week before the race, and then they changed it to rolling. But it's like a thousand meters of elevation, which is like what thirty over three over three thousand feet. Yeah, it's about three thousand feet. Mm-hmm. I would say rolling's bare though, because none of the hills are really steep. Um, but yeah, it's just constantly ups and downs. But anyway, that was that trip. So it was fun. Yeah, oh, and the weather. It's not humid because it's a desert, so it's hot, but it's not, like, stupid humid, so it's nice. Yeah, it was pretty solid. It was definitely cooler than when I did it when it was in October because it, it turns cooler in November, so it's definitely a good one. I'd put it on the list, and there's fun stuff to do after. You can go do being or something. Like, maybe I'll do it next year just for fun, but um, it's a good one. Yeah. Anyways, right. what else are we talking about? Off-season. Yeah, I think now's a good time. I mean, we got three coaches on the podcast here, and most people have done their A race for the year. They're not sure. They probably might have taken some time off if their A race was like September time, maybe mid-October. But, guys, what do you suggest you do, like, between now or after your A race to maybe Christmas time? That's when everyone – it seems like the New Year's when everyone's like, yep, got to get back to training and uh that's when they start training but like where what do you guys do with your athletes across all levels all abilities like at this time of the year it's kind of like the bermuda triangle of training people some people don't see anything some people do too much training you know some people just don't have a proper focus but what do you guys think should i go first or should jackson go first you go first nick you're gonna crush it and then i won't have to say anything it'll be perfect so as we know, everyone has a lot of different stuff going on at any given time. And maybe most people did or did not crush their last race in the season and they're hungry for more or they need to work on their run. Like everyone's so different. I, I kind of have to shorten this up. I have kind of a golden rule of all the stuff that I make you do that doesn't necessarily make you happy because it causes a lot of stress. You, it gives you anxiety to think about the sessions you have coming up and it makes it kind of stressful just to have that type of fitness gain. Do all the sessions that like are fun. If, it, if it's a group ride that you can't go to because you've normally got intervals, 
Um, if it's a hike, if it's like an ultra run, or if it's something that you've been not able to do all year because of heavy demanding training, now you just do it for fun and it doesn't take as much energy out of you. The recovery is higher. There's not as much stress and you almost cut your load in half. You're just kind of going through the motions to keep yourself, you know, we've all got those check boxes. And once the off season hits and we don't have those check boxes, some of us go a little stir crazy. So I just try to keep everyone busy as much as their life and travel schedule allow. But mainly the most important thing is like enjoy every session for sure. And if you've got some goals, if you got a race in January, like me and Garrett do, it's kind of different, but ultimately most people aren't going to race till March or April. Done. Nice and vague. So you can't possibly be wrong. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the other thing is that's like in Canada here, Ontario, the average Ontario triathlete finishes their last race in September and they don't race again until like May, uh, maybe even June. So yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> no, literally. Um, but if that's what you're doing, then definitely I think some people like to carry over and instead of taking their like complete off time or really easy time right away, maybe they'll, they'll be like, Oh, I'll go do a half marathon or marathon or 10 K or whatever uh, in the October or November. And they'll just, rather than a whole bunch of swimming and biking, they'll just, you know, up their run a little bit, a little bit less total training and, and jump into something like that. I think that's a good idea if you still have motivation for that or even like a different race, like a swim race or whatever. But I definitely think even for, even for age group athletes who maybe aren't training a ton, like I think taking at least a week off completely uh, or like mostly off and maybe doing some just like light activity is pretty important um, mentally as much as anything. Um, but when that happens could be kind of up to, up to you. Like we're, I'm racing in December this year, so I'm not going to take that until December. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing is just like not getting into this, you know, I think everybody's done it before. Like I used to do this where finish your last race, you take a couple days off and then you're like, all right, I got to start training hard for next year. And then you just train hard for like six months and you get into great shape and then maybe you're in great shape in like March or April for your first race. And then like, you've been training hard for six months. Like you definitely want to avoid that. Um, you definitely need some different periodization, getting a little out of shape, building back up slow, kind of doing some different stuff. And I think it's a great time of year to just not have pressure. Like, you know, yeah, maybe you have 10 hours or 12 on the training schedule and instead you want to go for a weekend out doing a wine tour with your friends or family or anything. And you just, ah, you know what? I don't need to train that much this weekend. Um, because then you kind of save that mental, mental energy for when the, the season's really in full swing. So all in all, I'd say just don't freaking start training too hard for your, for your triathlon season right now. It's too early for that. And it's just not going to be good for long-term unless you have like a super big a race early season, which most people don't. Um, then you definitely want to kind of chill it out a bit for now. Even if you're doing Texas, you still have till like, you know, January ish to really start buckling down on what you need to do for that race. If that's like a big A race. So definitely sure. who cares? Like that's the biggest complaint I get is after the A race, like Chattanooga had some athletes do the full and they were like, well, 
I'm having some going stir crazy now. And so then like I gave them two or three weeks of less stuff and then I hit them with a harder week and they're like, it looks too overwhelming. I just, and I'm like, exactly. Everyone thinks they want to do all that work and have their, you know, their coals nice and hot all the time, but you got to let them cool down. Yeah. I think it's like guys look at it and like, I want to get back to training, especially guys maybe doing Texas that or girls or girls that did have, you know, an A race in September. Like Jack said, it's mostly like in the Northern part here, like in Canada and stuff. It's overwhelming for the, to think that you're going to be hitting like 15, 20 hour training weeks starting now. Like that's too much yeah. for a lot of people, but going back to, so if you finished up your A race in like September for triathlon, it's very common that people like to move into that, like run focused and do a fall marathon. And that, that season's kind of wrapping up now. We're like mid November. So I like to call that you have your triathlon um, season and then you move into like a run, your run, your fall run season. The younger guys like to do cross country. And then I like to call this like the post season. I didn't make this term up, but I can't remember where I heard it from. But the postseason, it I give you so it's two weeks completely off, and then two weeks of you get to pick whatever the heck you want to do. And then we move into preseason, which is just a technical focus. So we focus mostly on some technical stuff on the bike. So maybe you're going out doing some mountain biking, maybe you're doing a bit of technical work like like drills, stuff like that, handling stuff. Um or if you're stuck on Zwift, well, then we'll probably just do mostly base stuff. And um, and then running, we do a bit more technical stuff, a few hills, not really hard stuff, but like the frequency and the volume is fairly low. And then uh, swimming will try to get you back in the water because most people definitely didn't swim during a run block. And just reintroduce that swimming, get a bit of technical stuff in there, get some strokes done. Why aren't they swimming during the yeah. run block? What's up with that? Because people hate swimming and it's a pain in the butt to get to a pool. That's a bad, bad attitude. Well, I, I would be swimming. Actually, when I was in college, I, I did a run block and I did not swim at all. But, and you probably sucked at swimming terribly. Yeah, it was a terrible, terrible idea. I, w- I would recommend you get to the pool, but most people are like, I just want to run and I want to be with my family. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. We'll just do that. I'd say if you do anything in the off season, it's like don't slack on the swimming over everything. Like take you take weeks off the run and then start swimming. Yeah, but if an athlete comes to you and they say they don't want to swim, they just want to run a marathon. Say hire yeah. a run coach. Be I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you know what that's cool. Triathlon is not your job. We'll get back in the water and do some technical stuff later, and we'll get you moving so that January second once your hang hangovers over from new year's we can get you back to work and you're strong and you're feeling refreshed i break i break december down into four categories you've got pizza uh pancakes pasta and parties parties (laughs) okay okay so here's a case study for you guys. I don't know if that's the right term for this, but Cody probably. Beals. I've been, I've, you know, very good friends with Cody Beals. I probably know his training probably better than anyone aside from him. 
and obviously he had some great success this year. For those that don't know, he, was, he won an Ironman. He was second in Ironman. He was third in Ironman, all within, what, 12 weeks of each other total? Um, something like that. Anyway, he stopped racing. I think that was late September and um, took two weeks basically completely off um, of everything. And then he just got in the water and started swimming hard. And he's been swimming hard ever since. He's been swimming hard almost every day. He's been swimming over 30K a week. But he's been, he's been going only easy on the bike and run and not very much volume. Like, I think he's been running like 50K a week and just all easy. And then biking, like, it started out really low. And then now is he, it's is he stoked that you're sharing all this? <laughs> I think so, because he's getting really freaking fast in the swim, guys. Like, yeah. really. Um, so... You know, that's another thing is if you're excited about improving your swim or, or I guess any one sport, then it is a good time to definitely, you know, do a focus on that a little bit. I don't know if I would go as extreme as what he's going, but he's probably going to sign up for like a master swim race or something in the winter and just see how fast he can go. Yeah. Um, but he's just leaving me behind a little bit on the swim, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting. Like I just find it, obviously Cody's got a super unique way of, going about training and stuff, but I find it super interesting that you can want to get in the water and swim hard every day. Um, that's tough, especially solo. Yeah. Um, it's kind of impressive to be honest. I honestly don't think my shoulders could handle that. Like even just the amount that I do swim, it can be pretty borderline at times. Um, so that's one thing, but what do you guys think about putting in like a huge swim focus? Let's say you're a pretty bad swimmer. Like, let's say, I don't know, let's say you're let's just say you're Trevor Foley, your world-class bike run, your swim is your weakness. Would you go and do a huge swim focus or would yeah. you just sort of gradually do it? I'd hire a good coach who's on deck at least a couple times a week with me who does video analysis for like a hard bit of it just to make sure I know what I'm doing right. So I can train the skills and develop drills that are unique to my weaknesses in the stroke. And then after I get pretty close or a little bit better, let's say I'm my average is maybe he's doing 115s per yard, 100 yards in the pool instead of, you know, what we might all be doing at 105s. Once he gets down to that 110 range, he's pretty good. And then he can focus on pure power and developing that high turnover and all the stuff that's going to keep him probably at least in contention with like what a minute, minute and a half off the lead pack, which would probably put him in winning contention for most all of his racing. So that'd be a great return on that investment if he could do it. Sounds so easy when you put it that way. Yeah. Sign up for my six week program. It'll be uh, guaranteed. <laughs> what do you think? That, what Nick just said, that's essentially what I did when I was in, when I was in high school trying to race, you know, when I first got into the sport and I had just learned to swim at 16, I was like, I want something where there's a coach on deck all the time and I can swim as much as I can right now. And I did that. I did that for a few years and that's basically what got me to, to where I was. If you're somewhere where you have resources like that, like do it. But, um, for, a, that's what, for like a pro or a high level athlete, that is what you need. That's yeah. because if that's the biggest weakness in your game, like put in the block, do it. Especially mental blocks that have to go with the swim. If you are just scared, and almost get anxiety and that's like the worst part of your entire day just is to survive that swim 
you just you owe it to yourself to really try and develop some new mental patterns that are going to help you not be a, a panicky mess. Like you don't want to be grabbing kayaks. And the biggest problem I notice if you're not coached, everyone trains what they like. Um, they they love the run, they love the or the bike, and then they kind of think it's like an old school thing. Like you only swim like a very small percentage of your entire day on the race course. So maybe train that same ratio in training. But I think that that's like huge detriment. Um, the, the psychological strength you can gain from a lot of really hard swimming, uh, not aside the really good VO2 work you can do without doing all the damage to your body. So swimming is, I, I think even Jan Ferdino, when he wasn't running and then he still went back and crushed it when he came back from an injury, he was swimming more than more in total hours than he was running um, for weeks and weeks at a time. And he just thrived. Yeah, I like, I like it. And the other thing is yet yeah, that big piece you said, you're not really going to do a bunch of damage as long as you're not like really destroying your shoulders using bad form, which can happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with that. The other piece that I'll mention is biking. Like, I think one thing that especially age group athletes have just never done is like a lot of bike mileage. And if your bikes are weakness, you like, there's no one I've talked to. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who will disagree and I'm, I'm not saying nobody's like this, but pretty much everyone just gets better from more biking. Like biking's a simple one where you're not going to hurt yourself by doing more and you just put the time in, you're going to get better. Um, so that's even what I've noticed. Like I did a, a little bit of an increased bike mileage, my bike fitness jacks up. So that's one that's like a super good time to, if you want to improve your biking, maybe between, you know, now ish, or even starting January, like, okay, I'm just going to put in more bike mileage than I ever have, maybe not run quite as much. And then I'll build my run up as the season comes. And you're just going to have that boost on the, on the bike. Yeah. And finally, RTS online is going to be launching in December at some point with our online virtual cycling platform where you can see me or whoever else is deciding to set up a studio in their house, which is just a simple webcam and regular trainer and stuff. We're going to have live coached sessions based on why are you doing a located set? Why are you hitting high VO2? How is your posture? How's your body? And I can see you on camera while you're riding too. So that's just another cool plug. I think I had a good opportunity to talk about right there because we don't get a lot of them, but um, RTS online, it'll, you can find that probably on our homepage in around December if you want to start doing that with us amongst all of our you know Instagram stuff. So that's cool. And Jack, every year, Garrett too, whenever we've done tons of Zwift racing and Zwift riding and all through February, we just, we're coming out so strong. Zwift is indoor cycling in general. It's just epic. I agree. Garrick, you pretty much do 100% of your riding on Zwift now. And same with me, even when the weather was pretty good, like a couple months ago. Yeah, safety. Yeah, almost all my hard riding is just safer. Yeah. Safer and control. There's no interrupt. There's no stop signs or different things to slow you down. It's just you know, hard work, but we, we're definitely going to have to get that Zwift ride once a week lined up. Cody's down to do it. Taylor, us three, you know, maybe we'll get on it. it'll be fun. We'll just do a ripper workout. And, um, once, once the season, once January comes around and we're all training again, or that'll be sick. Yeah, that'll be great. 
Once so the big month. takeaway from this, guys, is right now you should be just crushing volume in no. whatever sport is your weakness. <laughs> be human first. I have to remind people that you've you've literally buried yourself and your family in heaps of debt, travel expenses, grocery bills. You got to be a human being and just deal with the day to day stuff. And you can't just you can't just hide from your problems on the bike. Number one rule, December is when you deal with all the bullshit you cause during your, your marriage during the season. You got to pay for all that. You got to build up some spousal approval credits, as James would say. <laughs> spousal approval credits? Like Disney bucks? All the things for your partner that they just didn't get to do with you because you're training too much. Lots of date nights and just, you know, good stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's good. And maybe maybe actually going to work. <laughs> going to work without like looking like you've just been out raging all night long with bags under your eyes and malnourished yeah and hey you know what a good thing to do this time of year in the off season get a blood test make sure the levels are healthy and everything make Ooh, sure your body point. is ready um get those iron levels up there and just make sure you're healthy before the season starts or if there's anything that needs to be addressed then there's still time Definitely take vitamin D all winter long, unless you live in like Florida or South California or something like that. Hey, I lived in Florida for 13 years and I still had to take vitamin D. Some people have to take it no matter what, but get your te- levels checked out. And I take about three or three or 4,000 I use a day all winter long, actually from like October till probably April, I take it. Um, and you can't really take too much. Like they used to think that you could take too much. Now, I mean, you could if you took a stupid amount, but you could easily take 5,000 IU a day. And no, totally- we're not telling you what to, t- to do or how to supplement. We're not doctors. We're just guessing at numbers here and thinking. It's a vitamin. It's not a drug. And just You never want to put yourself in the position to get screwed over by somebody who's like, well, I took a whole bottle and I, I shat blood, and now you're, so, it's your problem. <laughs> 5,000 IU is not 500,000. Well, there's an extra zero. It can easily be moved around. Anyway, um, my wife, when she was in school, she was in um, kinesiology and they had one of their guest speakers and one of their lectures was like a vitamin D specialist. And he was trying to like basically um, take away any kind of like myths around vitamin D toxicity. And he would take a handful of vitamin D, like hundreds of thousands of IUs and swallow the whole thing. And he would do that multiple times a year in all these lectures to prove that it's not bad. for you. He'd be peeing out a lot of vitamins. I don't recommend doing that, though. <laughs> Thank you. So here's what you do, guys. Here's what you actually do this time of year. You sit <laughs> back in your love sack with your speed hounds on in your blue 70 Speedo or blue 70 <laughs> swim brief with your Jack Perfect Rue t-shirt amino. on. Take a handful of Perfect Aminos and make sure you rub yourself down with some uh, plantary CBD. And yeah. what am I missing? And, and finally, after you've done all that, you've recuperated, and you want to know what your blood actually looks like, go to athletebloodtest.com and use this code EARLYBF25 for the biggest Black Friday sale your heart can handle. Early BF as in boyfriend 25. EARLYBF25, athletebloodtest.com. You're welcome. Is that an actual code? Yeah, I'm looking at it in my emails for our... It's actually designed for us. So like all of our followers can use it. 
So use it, guys. Anyways, <laughs> that's, uh, that's probably Great one transition. of the weakest ads we've had. We haven't had many. I think it was really subtle. I don't think anyone even picked up on it. So I think no. oh, are, we, are we doing an ad there? <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty good for now. I think the next episode, we'll try to bring a guest on and decipher something about a topic of choosing. We're not sure which one. We, we want to bring Robbie Deckard back on because... He was a gentleman maybe 10 or 15 episodes ago, probably only eight. I don't know. Um, that was like 25 episodes ago. Okay. It was a while. Memory's not my forte. Um, and he was doing all the lactate testing multiple times per session, like a lot. And I want to know how that went. Um, I think it didn't go. I think we've all know it didn't go that well um, just off the bat, but I think he has understood why and he's, He's gotten smarter and stronger since then. So I'd love to hear what he learned. Um, it's a good follow-up episode. So if you need to catch up, go check out the Rob Robbie Deckard episode, and you can hear that in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Uh, and we can talk about his van. Van life. So we got to yeah. talk about that. Oh, yeah. Van life. He's also doing that. Yeah. That's going to be a great topic. Van life is awesome. Okay. Um, anything else? Is that it? Should we end? I think that's good. I mean, we got almost an hour in, so I think people I are tired just, of listening to us. I love how we get there the least formal thing ever. We're like, well, I guess that'll probably be it. We're kind of tired of talking <laughs> about you guys later. <laughs> well, we have like a list of topics to cover. And once we're done covering that, it just people don't want to listen to us talk about random shit. Sometimes yeah. They don't even know what we're talking about when it's good shit. Yeah. But if you want to talk about something, I mean, you boys are getting ready for Daytona. Mm-hmm. we're gonna have uh, our big team launch again also afterwards with more news and people on board and discounts and camps so realtrysquad.com for now if you need to find out any info on what's coming yeah check out the camps though because yeah because you should time of year because you should helps it'll be really right. cool and we'll be there jackson take us out um peace I got ish to do Flying through the sky in my parachute Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise On a one-man mission trying to see it through